welcome or welcome back to I Am The Sky. This is Bonnie Peace. So today I want to talk about this whole concept of the spiritual closet, what that is, and coming out of the spiritual closet and online bullying, online hate, online shaming, I guess in general, but especially as it relates to people sharing their unique tender, authentic expression that comes from their soul and what's true for them spiritually. I guess the first thing to discuss is this whole idea of the spiritual closet. What is that? What is a spiritual closet? The way I see it, we have experiences, we have beliefs, we have things that we want to express, things that are true for us at the deepest level, on the level of who we are, what we are, and why we're here having this whole human experience. And we get the sense on a very primal, instinctual level that it's not safe to share these things. Sorry about the noise. There's this little kind of rattle that you might be able to hear. I think our neighbors are taking a shower and there's some kind of a pump that goes through the wall. And so I can always hear it. But, as you know, as I said early on in the podcast, I don't want to hold back from sharing when I feel like expressing and when I'm feeling inspired. So noise will be noise. So, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about the spiritual closet and how I experience the spiritual closet. When I started this podcast, I knew that I wanted to share a lot of things about spiritual awakening, my own awakenings, as well as other people's. And I'll definitely have some some guests on sometime soon to share their experiences too. But I did have some resistance to doing a full-on episode about my awakenings and all the ins and outs of everything that I've experienced and, and what's led me to where I am now because I knew there was going to be some backlash. But anyway, more and more it was feeling really, really important to share. I think we need to have more conversations about this stuff because it, it reminds each other of what's possible, of what we already know. And for me, it's been really important to listen to other people's stories. So I was feeling the importance of that, and I knew it was time to release that episode. So I just went for it. I shared all the wild and wacky details. And firstly, thank you so much to all of you who sent me really uh, thoughtful, beautiful messages about my process and also shared things about your own journey it's just so lovely to connect. That's that's why I'm doing this. I want to I want to connect with you and and I love to hear how things are resonating with you and where you're at in your journey. So thank you for reaching out. I also received some kind of odd messages and some people of course with the best intent, you know, telling me that they thought that I need to find Jesus and you know, join a church, that kind of thing. Firstly, I actually love the energy of the Christ the energy of Jesus. I don't want to join a church or be told what to do, but I do resonate with the energy. And I totally honor if that's your path. I totally honor whatever your path is. And our paths change. We shift and change and we believe this thing and then we believe that thing. But it's all a part of our experience and it's all a part of us coming to know who we are. But then there was a blog, and I don't want to draw too much attention to this, but there was a blog that helped bring down the cult. And after I published that Spiritual Awakening episode, they published an article where someone transcribed a lot of what I said and were kind of, you know, questioning it, 
trying to debunk it, especially the thing where I described that I felt that Keith had potentially stolen my story about the abyss. So that was, you know, something that they were interested in discussing. And, you know, was that true? Had had Keith talked about this abyss before? So the article itself was, you know, fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then the comments were pretty vile. When I first came across it, because I, I got a Google alert, I was like, okay, let's see what this is about. So I started reading the comments and they were very, very, very judgmental and hateful. And I am used to getting some online bullying. As an actress, you get some of that. And then, especially around the time that the documentary came out, or there was a bunch of press coming out, there was some shaming that happened on Twitter. And that was really uncomfortable and painful, especially because it was a really difficult time. Mark and I were still trying to pick ourselves up and heal from this whole experience. And then we were just getting slammed with all these mean, awful comments and messages. So that was really hard. I'm in a really different place now, super different place. But when I came across these comments, they definitely cut. It hurt for a second. I was sitting there reading them, just feeling punched like a punch in the gut. And Mark was being all protective and telling me, you know, stop, don't read the comments. Like, of course, I mean, it's not a very smart thing to do because people will say whatever they're going to say. But I felt that there was something important in this for my own process and for my own journey and my own healing. So I really went down that rabbit hole. I read them. I took them in. I felt what I was feeling and it was painful and disheartening. And I had some moments where I was doubting myself. I was thinking, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't share this stuff. Maybe I shouldn't be sharing any of this stuff. Maybe I should close my intuitive business. You know, like, of course, I'm not I'm not going to close my doors. I, I love what I do. And this feels incredibly purposeful and meaningful for me. But I had those thoughts, all those thoughts of like, what am I doing? Those, those thoughts of, of self-doubt. So I gave myself the time to process it. I took time to feel what I was feeling. I'd also been feeling an energetic attack for the last couple of days, so I wasn't really surprised. I was like, ah, okay, that's why I've been feeling this way. When I feel an energetic attack, it's usually that there's a bunch of people out there somewhere in the public or, you know, ex, ex-friends, people who are not wishing me well, who are suddenly focused on me for some reason. And energetically, they're kind of going after me. So I feel it like a bunch of knives coming at me. It's like tendrils. I feel them kind of attacking my throat, my chest. It's a very physical experience of symptoms and sensations of being attacked. So I did a bunch of energy clearing. I was actually so in it that I forgot to do some smudging and open the windows. That would have been good. But what I did was I lay down in meditation and I felt all these sensations and all these tendrils and I just started to get myself back to source, to that profound light protective energy. And then I started to breathe the attack out of my field. And it was a challenging day. I knew that I could have just ignored it and moved on and not let it enter my thoughts in the same way. But I really felt it was important for, for something in my transformation. So I just, yeah, fully embraced the experience. And sure enough, I woke up the next day feeling lighter, like a layer had been shed. And not just like a layer of that energetic attack, but a layer of my own conditioning had been shed. 
And of course, it's a really natural thing to care what people think. It is a trap. It is a way that we're not free. But it's a very natural thing. We're tribal creatures. We're tribal beings. And in order to stay safe, I mean, especially, you know, back in the day, out in the jungle, out in the wilderness, in order to stay safe, we need to be liked by our tribe members. So it's a very primal and understandable thing. But after I'd really given myself that time to sit with it, to process it all, to face it, I really did feel that something had lifted. And as time went on, I just felt lighter and lighter. And I kept checking the comments. And again, Mark was like, don't do it, you know, because he was feeling protective. But I was like, no, 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 I have to. And as I checked the comments and more and more hateful ones came in, I felt more and more okay. And a few days have gone by now and I feel so much lighter. And actually, when I think about the whole thing, I kind of find it funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's not a funny thing to to bully and shame people. Not at all. But in terms of my own personal experience of it, I now look at them and actually have a bit of a laugh. So I want to shed some light on this. I want to shed some light on what was said for my own freedom journey, but also to kind of take the charge off it. So I'm going to read you a few of the comments and I hope that we can all have a bit of a laugh. And then I'm going to have a special guest, Mark, my husband, to come and share a few thoughts as well, because he gets pretty riled up about this whole thing and he has some very interesting and profound things to say. Okay, I'm looking again and there are some more comments since I last checked. So let's see how I experienced that. One says, Bonnie needs to be on that gorgeous Women of Nexium calendar too, with Nikki, Sarah, Allison, Kristen, India, and others. So this is where the whole cult scene has become so voyeuristic. It's like people see it as some weird entertainment. And I don't like that. I don't think that's good for our collective. It's important to tell stories about this so that people understand what happens and how it happens. But the people who go through these things are being objectified. And I think that's gross. Okay, someone said she's amazing. That's nice. There weren't any nice comments last time I checked. Okay, let's find some of the nasty ones. So here we go. Just another lunatic Ranieri follower. Peace is a real piece of work. It goes on to say, I actually listened to this podcast. Okay, so they did listen. I am the sky indeed, like her skull is full of nothing but California air, a real airhead, our Bonnie. Then my favorite part, which actually I've been having a really good laugh about over the last day, it says, she's a flower child, born half a century too late. I kind of like that. Then it says, she's nuts and proud of it. And people listen to her bullshit, apparently. So if you're listening to this and you think that it's bullshit, there's seriously no pressure to listen to it at all. The next one says, Bonnie apparently is an actress who was lucky enough to have a small role in two Star Wars sequels. This must have provided her with ample funds that enables her to lose herself in airy thoughts in a Malibu oceanfront villa and play tarot cards. Yeah, I've never lived in Malibu. I would love to, though. It's very beautiful. I'll put that on the vision board. So what I've come to from reading all of this, from feeling the heavy feelings, the uncomfortable feelings, going through the process, allowing myself to face it all and now having a good laugh, is that I actually feel much more free and I don't need to worry what these people say. I'm speaking to you. I want to connect with you, the beautiful person listening to this podcast. 
And I want to hear your stories too. I want us all to connect about these things. And even though I had those thoughts at times of like, oh no, maybe I should stop doing this. They were passing thoughts and there's no way I'm going to stop following my purpose, following what my soul is calling for and sharing what comes from my heart and feels like it needs to be shared. And I hope that this episode sheds some light on the process for you too, so that in some way you can feel more bravery to share your gifts and to even question where maybe you've been holding back because of fear of being shamed. Let's not hide our light. Our light is really, really needed, more than ever. Please shine your light. And sometimes there's backlash. But more than that, there's light that then ripples out into the world and we can help so many people. Okay, now I'm going to bring on Mark. And if you're listening with children, just a warning that Mark does swear a lot and I'm sure he won't be able to hold back. Okay, welcome to the podcast, Moo. Well, thank you very much. I'm sure we'll have you on for more things in the future. As long as I keep my language clean. Well, I've already warned them that you won't. Oh, good, so good, 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 good. Feel free. Maybe don't go too crazy, but uh, okay. So here we are. I've been talking about this concept or this whole topic of the spiritual closet and online bullying and shaming in general, but also specifically as it relates to this why people stay in the spiritual closet or don't share what's close to their heart and soul. So I know you had a lot to say about this a couple of days ago, so hopefully you can remember some of it. So what do you think about this whole situation? I think, first of all, people can be really mean. And it's weird that they seem to be the meanest sometimes about people being vulnerable. It's as though... They have a radar for people's vulnerability and they just want to go after this one, you know, suppress it, destroy it. I also think, I keep on thinking about online bullying. It's so sad that the internet happened in some ways because what happens now is you don't get to look at the person that's saying shit about you. They don't get to stand in front of you and say the shit to your face because if they did say it to your face, there might be damage to their face. So they don't. So they feel very, very emboldened. The other thing that's so interesting about this particular blog is most, I think if not all the people that are saying terrible things are all anonymous. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, so you're not, you're not anonymous, but they're anonymous. So they feel very emboldened to say whatever they want. There's no consequences for them. And the other thing I'm thinking about is what's it like inside a person like that, inside this little cyber bully? Like, what's it like inside of them? I keep on imagining that they must be miserable. Their internal world must feel horrible. That they see something that they have to destroy, that they have to suppress. And I keep wondering if it's, is it it their shadow that they're seeing? Is Is it the vulnerability they're seeing? But like something they're seeing out there represents something inside of them and it feels like they have to destroy it. And I think, honestly, it's sad. It must be so sad living inside their their belief of the world, their, their sort of emotional constitution that, that's inside of them. But look, I did eventually transition. I went from like very protective, rageful, you know, if these people were in front of me right now, they would never say that because I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think where I've gotten to now is the same as you. When I, when I started hearing you read some of them, 
a few days later. I actually think they're very funny. And I think they're very funny because their version of you is so delusionally different than you are. It's like they're talking about a different person. I assume what they're talking about is an aspect of themselves that they must absolutely hate. So they're actually engaging with themselves. And I think that's the thing that really helped me eventually get less defensive and less angry, realizing, oh, they're not even talking about you. In fact, nobody online is talking about us. They're talking about themselves all the time. Some pain they had, some trauma they had, some part of themselves they hate. They're the ones living in hell. So that's kind of where I got to. Yeah. Okay, great. So you were, you were telling me the other day about some experiences that you had in South Africa that relate to this. You got attacked by some religious people or something? Yeah. Yeah. You know, years and years ago, I think in the early 90s, might have been 1989 actually, maybe it was 1990, I was kind of very kind of new agey, hippie-ish, you know, and I was living in Cape Town and a bunch of us were going to onto Table Mountain to put up one of those peace poles. You know, it's the the white pole with four sides. You know, it says peace, peace prevails in in a, in a bunch of different languages. And we got up there early one morning um, at this um, this amazing um, old building on the side of Table Mountain uh, to put the pole up and to do I don't I don't remember some kind of ceremony. And the next thing, this busloads of of not just Christians, but like fundamental Christians arrived. And they began singing hymns. And I was like, oh, that's great. Wonderful. But then the sticks came out. And then the the threat of violence, you know, they would walk around us. And I think we were in some kind of meditation circle. They would walk around us like beating these sticks. And not like, you know, little sticks, like big sticks to actually bludgeon someone to death with. They began like hitting the ground with us. And what they were trying to do was provoke us. I think what they were hoping for was somebody to snap so that they could just basically hurt them badly or kill them. What ended up happening is that they ripped the peace pole out of the ground. It was like in concrete. They ripped it out of the ground and they threw it off the mountain as some kind of triumph for God, I suppose. So that was their um, reaction to us wanting peace in the world. Wow. Yeah. I was right. And I remember just thinking to myself, that's so interesting. So you're all about love and light and whatever, and, you know, praise Jesus and whatever, but like you're willing to really hurt another human being who is also part of God's kingdom. What is it that you hate so much? And I thought, it's so interesting that, that people see something and it threatens them so badly that they have to go on the attack as opposed to, I would imagine a healthier thing to do is like, I think this so-called kingdom of God that that they espouse, I think there's enough room for everybody in that kingdom. In fact, if they did look at the New Testament a bit more carefully, they would find that their hero, you know, spoke about things like that. There's enough room for the sinner. You know, say I was a sinner, there should be room for me. I shouldn't have to be threatened with potential harm or death. It was was a rough experience and it, it really rattled me. And I think what happened after that moment is I felt more cautious about sharing my views on things. I felt more cautious about sharing my spiritual beliefs. I think I kind of, a part of me kind of went into the spiritual closet back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before we wrap up, do you have any words of advice for people around this? People who might be struggling with this and feeling like they need to keep their beliefs and their experiences secret? 
I think today I'm recognizing that if somebody says something about your beliefs and you have a reaction to it, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe it's good to see, okay, so I have some unresolved stuff that I need to look at. You know, it's not like I need to fix myself, but there's some um, sensitivity. There's some thing that I'm not sure about inside myself or whatever it is. It's worth looking at. But I think it's really also important to understand that that person that's saying that thing, they're not interacting with you. They really are interacting with themselves. And based on the kinds of things they say and and how hateful it is, you have to imagine that the world they're living in is pretty rough. And I don't think that my initial impulse to, you know, tear them a new asshole is the right way to go. I think a much better thing is to take a few breaths and like realize, okay, so they're another human being having a struggle. They've identified, you know, me as the target of all their hatred because of something that they're struggling with inside themselves. And so I think the the lesson is it's, I don't think it's ever really about us. I think it's about them. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us. It is my absolute pleasure. And I'm sure we'll have you back as a guest again sometime soon. You can have me back anytime you want. Thank you.